I'm creative business coach Anastasia Williams, and you are listening to Making Magic, a podcast for fiber artists, makers, and creatives who are looking to craft a business with intention. Hello, welcome to episode 19. Today, I have a coaching episode for you with Elise Palmer of Sunday Fiber Co., Please bear in mind that the Canadian spelling of fiber is utilized here. So that's F-I-B-R-E. She is a yarn dyer and we talk a lot today about just basically how to manage expectations when people choose to exit our spaces as well as how to bring people into our spaces. And one thing that's really interesting is that This episode was recorded about two and a half months ago. Since then, Elise's business has grown significantly and she has really done a lot of work to expand and and thrive in the space that she's in. So I'd be really interested for you to go and check out her Instagram account at least or her website after you're done listening to this episode just to see the progress that she's made. The other thing that I'm going to ask you to bear in mind is that I was really excited for this particular interview, and so as a result, I didn't do a really great job of letting Elise talk, um, which is not typically how I like to run my coaching sessions. So please forgive me, and let's get on with it. So go ahead. Tell me me how you got started. Yeah, so I only started knitting in 2017. Um, it's something that I just kind of happened upon. I, I watched a bunch of YouTube videos and I thought, well, if I can get this far, maybe I can learn how to do other things. And then I started knitting hats and sweaters and, and garments. And then um, I think it was 2018, 2019, I thought like I want to I want to do more with this. Like I'm really enjoying it and it's giving so much to me. And, and part of what I loved about it was the effect that it had on my mental health. Um, it just provided like a, an avenue for creativity that I hadn't known before. I, I always thought of myself as really analytical and I like systems and I thought I would go into a job where there was a very clear career path and um this just gave so much more to me than what I was doing outside of outside of creating and it just kind of snowballed from there so I've been dyeing yarn for about two years and it's been all trial and error mm-hmm. and um I've been drawing from my experience both in work and schooling. I went to school for fashion merchandising and marketing, and then I worked in retail for about seven years. So um, it's been fun to kind of draw on that and, and, and use my degree in a sense. So um, yeah, I, I, I guess I've just discovered I have an eye for something that I didn't know about four years ago. So it's been fun to explore that and then to have other people 
enjoy what I'm creating too is just a bonus. And every month it's gotten a little bit bigger and it just, my heart, it makes my heart swell. And <laughs> that's perfect. Yeah. So then that being said, so what are some of the challenges that you are facing at the moment? Moment I'm struggle. I'm still struggling to get comfortable on Instagram. I, I was more the type to kind of lie low and, um, I guess you call it being a lurker. Like I just loved seeing what everyone else was doing. And I thought, you know, I don't, I don't really know what to say yet. I don't know what I want to, um, I, I don't know what I want to say. So I just kept quiet for a few years. And then I started um, speaking up a little bit more and finding my voice. And now I feel like I have a lot to say and I have a lot to offer this community. And um, I think I would like to reach a larger audience to talk about what's important to me, which is creativity and inspiration and the impact that that has on your mental health. And you don't have to be a designer or a yarn dyer or a really serious knitter to feel the benefits of it. Mm -hmm. Yeah, yeah, definitely. So, okay, let's start, let's start from square one. So what channels are you on right now overall in your business? I'm on Instagram. That's where I spend most of my marketing energy. Okay. Um, I have dabbled a little bit in Facebook, but not as regularly as Instagram. Okay. Um, I have done a bit of Pinterest, but I know it's kind of a different machine than mm -hmm. Instagram is. So I haven't mm -hmm. really figured out a rhythm for that yet. Mm -hmm. And I recently like recently, like yesterday, just started my email newsletter again. Oh, congratulations. Yeah. Thank you. <laughs> That's exciting. Okay. So then you are in a place then kind of working on comfort level plus growth, correct? Like trying to kind of find a way to expand your audience right okay yeah. so are you using any form of outreach at all other than just here's my stuff on instagram hmm my short answer would be probably not <laughs> okay <laughs> And when you say outreach, what do you mean? So, I mean, there's multiple ways in which you can do outreach, like via Instagram, for instance, but are, are you actively kind of trying to pursue new followers above and beyond just by creating your own content um, in your own space? No. Okay. No. So which isn't necessarily a bad thing. And if you are still kind of finding your comfort level with everything, then that makes sense. So it, it might be just a new way for you to expand that 
comfort zone and try to see what methods might work best for you, for instance. So, you know, when you think of Instagram specifically, I mean, there's about a gazillion ways in which you can do it. Um, But a lot of the kind of more common ways of trying to do outreach are either um, finding ways to get into other people's spaces, meaning that you would find somebody who either has like, with knitting, it's a little tricky, you know, typical marketing advice, find a podcast to get on or, or something like that. And that, that can be tough with knitting just because knitting podcasters tend to focus more on designs than yarn and usually don't do a whole t- a bunch of interviews. Now, some of them do. So there's, there's that to be said for it. Um, I know back when I was a dyer, one thing that I did was re- reach out to a couple of podcasters and ask them to review my yarn. So I would just send them a skein and just see, just get a review. Um, it's hard to do that though, because it is, uh, that's a big cost to be honest, uh, without knowing how much return you're going to get. Right. So some of the other ways that I would think of is, of course, there is the, wait, I'm going to stop. Do you use hashtag? I do. Yes. Okay. Do you, you, what do you like, are you discerning about which hashtags you use? Meaning like, do you, do you pay attention to how big they are, how small they are or anything like that? Yes and no. I haven't done like a deep dive into each one, but I do try and keep them um, fairly niche in terms of um, the, like being most relevant to my product. My product yeah. is organic, it's made in Canada. So I try and include that mm-hmm. within the hashtags and then kind of reach similar ones from there. Okay. So now one thing that I usually recommend is when you are using um, hashtags is to choose some that are under 250,000 uses. Um, Cause some of the knitting ones have gotten quite big. And the problem with when they get big is once your content shows up, it just really quickly gets shuffled to the bottom because so many people are coming in with that hashtag. Um, so that might be something to look at because hashtags are great. They really are. And they can be really beneficial um, when you're strategic about their use. So, you know, having something that is relevant to what you're doing and where you're doing it and how you're doing it the way that you are, that is obviously optimal. That's exactly what we want to be doing. But then there's a matter of trying to engage with people who aren't in our already existing audience. Mm -hmm. And so that means you know, the long way to do it is, you know, by finding people and commenting on their stuff and trying to get into their spaces and liking their things. Um, The short way is finding some way to collaborate with somebody so that you can utilize their visibility and get yourself in front of their people who probably would also be interested in your product. Does any of that make sense? I feel like there's so many ways and I don't want to overwhelm you. Yes, totally makes sense. Okay. Yeah. 
Now, that being said, what are your thoughts slash feelings slash comfort level with any of that? Um, I think my biggest concern with spending more time engaging is that um, it takes me away from doing some of the more physical work, sure. um, like the, the creating, the inspiration, um, the actual dying. And I found that when I was, when I was doing more engagement, I was taking in a lot of content and I found that had an effect on my mental health. Mm. Um, so those would be, that's probably why I've shied away from it a little bit. Okay. And I've, I've kind of taken on the mindset, probably not ideally that they will come to me. Mm. And I think up until now it has worked. I have a very engaged, loyal following, mm -hmm. but I would like to reach new faces. Okay. Well then maybe then what I would do. So there's, you know, there's option number one, which is set a timer so that you can stay super focused. Maybe it's only 10 minutes where you're going mm -hmm. in and you're doing, you know, maybe you're going into somebody's DMs or something like that, just to right. say something meaningful and thoughtful. Otherwise, if that is not your thing and that starts to have an effect on your mental health, which is really important, then maybe it would be leaning at, you'd be leaning towards doing more collaboration because that would allow you to work with somebody else more one-on-one -on -one and still leverage their audience in a way. Right. Um, okay. So, I mean, you can do things like yarn support, which I think you have done before, correct? Yeah. Correct, yes. So there's things like that that you can do. There is um, asking others to share with you their photos of what they make, you know, like tag you so that you can signal boost and then they'll in return signal boost. And it just ends up kind of being this inception of single signal boosting. Like mm -hmm. people really love that. Um, but you can do the other option too, which I feel like I, I feel like I'm not very focused in this because there, there are so many things, but the other way that you can try to start attracting people is by creating content that those people want and need from you. So then that's going to lead me to my next question, which is, have you done a lot of ideal client work at all? No. Okay. So that's something I would encourage uh, of trying to figure out who exactly you're trying to sell to. And when I ask people to do this, I ask them to get pretty specific on it. And that's just because it allows you then to kind of incorporate all the aspects of a person and figure out a way to interact with that particular person. And then you're not just kind of casting a wide net and hoping something comes back. You are like specifically mm -hmm. fishing for that one particular fish and you can put all your time and energy into that. Um, but I would say that figuring out the kinds of things that they would want to see from you and hear from you and maybe know about you as a person is maybe what to focus on because you can create 
content that magnetizes. So that requires less of you having to do that like manual outreach, which you can do and it does exist and it can be beneficial, but you're right. It is exhausting. It takes a ton of time, especially when you're going through, you're trying to find comments and like people to mm -hmm. comment on and DM and stuff. It's just, it's a lot of work. So it's not my favorite thing to recommend first off, but it just, it is a strategy and like getting your feedback on, oh, I like that or I don't like that or I have hesitations with this allows us to kind of shift our focus on maybe what works better. So then, okay. So when you think of the type of content that you're posting now, is it strictly like, what kinds of stuff do you like to post about that you feel like your people like to see so far? Like what has been, had good response? Um, showing new colorways. I, um, I'm, <laughs> a friend told me that I'm kind of a, a secret creator. Like I'm, it's totally unintentional, but I, I, I'm not in the habit of showing exactly what I'm working on mm. as I'm working on it. So I kind of wait until I have a few things stocked up and then I go boom, boom, boom. Here's what, here's what's new instead of maybe what I would like to try doing is building up some sort of hype, mm -hmm. like showing it in a, a different process or the different stages of the process. And um, I have been experimenting with that in the last couple of weeks as I had a shop update recently. And I think it had, um, I, I saw some good results from it and I ended up selling out of some things, which was great. Wow, that, that is great. Yeah. Okay. Um, I have had a couple of reels that have done well as well. Mm. Um, but I found interestingly that it hurt my engagement in bringing in new followers. What do you mean? Like got a really good response from my existing following, mm -hmm. but then it, I found that my followers tanked when I posted them. It was like, <laughs> they were seeing, like, cause I'm funny in real life and I was trying to show that. <laughs> I think I'm funny. Yeah. And, and um, it was like, people were like, mm, she's not funny, I'm gonna leave. And that's fine. <laughs> yeah, well, I mean, the thing is, is like, is it that, there are so many reasons why people leave, right? There's so many reasons why mm -hmm. people leave. And nine times out of 10, it has nothing to do with us. It has everything to do with them. And really, it's probably like 9.9 .9 times out of 10. Hold on one second. I'm going to turn on a light so that I don't like disappear in the screen. <laughs> but I just like you can't, I don't think that you can worry. Oh, I hope this works. Also, we have birds in here and like when it's bedtime, it is bedtime. And <laughs> the fact that I turn a light back on is like abhorrent to them and they will murder me if they can. Um, I'll let you know. <laughs> yes, they'll get real vocal. And then it kind of makes me look like a psycho. Okay, anyway, it doesn't matter. This is audio. So I'll cut that part out. All right. So you can't focus too much on the people who leave because the more that you start to showcase who you are as a person. And I believe you that you're funny. And I saw your reels and I think you're funny. So, and I have a great sense of humor. So I'm a good judge of this. 
Yes. But I would say <laughs> that if people are leaving after seeing you start to showcase who you really are, you don't want them there anyway. I mean, I mean, that is just the fact of it because you have to want the people to come into your space because of you, because you are the most important asset in your business. I mean, it sounds a little bit harsh and I don't mean it to be harsh, but you know, there are tons of yarn dyers out there, right? Like so many of them. And the difference that you find with the people who do well when they're a dyer versus people who struggle is that the people who do well are the ones who basically you see them accepting their personality for who it is and being very forthright with it. And mm -hmm. their people love them for that because they feel connected to them. They feel, you know, like they are, they know them and they relate to them. So you want your people to see those sides of you and to enjoy those sides of you. Otherwise it should be an open door invitation to see you later. Mm -hmm. You know, it, it's kind of the same thing if, you know, like if your belief system, right? Like, and I know that you have very strong beliefs that you are an ethics that are very visible on your account. It's the same thing with that. If people are not going to relate with it or they're not going to be okay with you talking about it, open door, you're free to go. So, I mean, yeah. that's, that's just kind of where I stand on that. Yeah, I, I totally agree. I think every time I, I talk about what I believe in, I see a small exodus and, and my first thought is I am not going to miss that $30. Right. Yeah, no, it's true. And I mean, for yeah. me, like, to be honest, like when I started being open about being Jewish, I would have big chunks mm. of people leave. And so that was very, uh, it was like a little bit unnerving, but also like, okay, well, you really do need to get out of here because if you're here and you're like, have any sort of negativity towards that, then I can't have that. So I'd say, I think it's the same with anything. You know, if people can't be there for us, then they're not going to be loyal to us and they're probably not going to be interested in our product. So that's why I think personally that putting yourself you know, front and center and finding your comfort level with showcasing your personality and who you are and what you believe and how you do things and what you're working on. All of those things are going to play together to bring in the people who are really loyal and connected and happy to be there. So, and I mean, people will come and go. And the other, the other piece of advice, of course, that seems very um, intuitive, but we tend to like not take it to heart is that we also can't rely too much on the numbers. Cause there's a lot of other reasons why people might leave. Maybe they just decided I'm done with Instagram. I'm deleting my account or, you know, I just have, you know, maybe my mental health is suffering, or it could be a competitor who's watching you and saying, you know what, she's giving me comparisonitis. I'm just going to leave for now, <laughs> you know, and that's okay. Like all of those reasons are okay. And none of those reasons have anything to do with you. They're all because yeah. that person needed to go. So now that we talk about people leaving, which is great, we want to talk about bringing people in. So you're completely correct. And I would agree and encourage you to be very visible with what you're doing and how you're doing it and when you're doing it and letting yourself be a part of that process and let them see you be a part of that process. 
is something that's going to allow them to start to connect with you. And that connection, especially as you're building up to launches, is really important because the more that people see something, the more likely they are to buy it. So that's kind of like the sales, the sales aspect of it, which is, you know, one of those things we hate talking about, but it's true. It takes what? It used to take seven touches. So that means that somebody would have to see something or hear you say something seven times before they'd be ready to buy. Now they're saying it's nine. So when you think about that, that might give you more of an idea of how much you should be talking about what you're doing because you might generate mm -hmm. more sales in just doing that alone from the people right. that are already in the space. Does that make sense? Yep, absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. Um, is any of this overwhelming? Nope. Okay. Nope. That's good. That's good. So that also being said, some of the other things that I find that people tend to really like to see are like tips and tutorials and things like that. Do you ever incorporate any of those in? Like not in like teaching people how to do your job, but. <laughs> um, it's not something that I've done yet, but it's something I've had kind of in the back of my mind. I keep a little note of ideas of things that I do when I'm knitting, when I'm storing or organizing um, things that I don't realize are different that maybe others don't do that mm. I make a little note of that. Yeah, that's a great just, idea. Yeah, I just haven't gotten around to the doing of mm. it. Sure, yeah, definitely. Yeah, that that's another thing too, because you want to be able to even if it's not something completely different than what other people are doing, right? Like it can be as simple as, uh, you know, maybe everybody knows how to do it, but that doesn't mean everybody who follows you knows how to do it. So it may seem like it's something that, oh yeah, we all can. I saw somebody who showed how to like count to make sure that you had enough like yarn for your long tail cast on. And I struggled with that for years. I know there is like another method, but it sounded really complicated. So I read it and I was like, mm, not going to do that. And then somebody got on, did a reel, did a really quick tutorial. And it was like, oh my gosh, that is so easy. Okay, I'm going to do that from now on. So, I mean, mm -hmm. again, me being somebody who has, you know, knit for quite a while myself, that was something that I learned. And I literally learned it yesterday. So, you know, it, right. it, it's one of those things like, we have to sometimes take it down a base level and pretend that our people know nothing because there may be somebody in there who does know nothing. So mm -hmm. if there is something that is related to your product that you can teach, like, you know, obviously with yarn, the world is your oyster and maybe too much so at times, but then you've also got the option of um, doing things around you know, care of the yarn because you're using natural fibers, correct? Mm -hmm. And so a lot of times people don't understand how to care for those. I mean, that, that was something that I came across when I was doing pure wool yarns is that people just were really anxious about it or were unsure about it. And something that I ended up creating um, after I went to sharing school in like a couple years ago, I, the American Sheep Association, or maybe it was just the South Dakota, I don't know, it was one of the sheep things came and they gave all these bookmarks 
And because I was the only one who was going out and doing any form of like sales because they knew I was a yarn dyer, they threw all this stuff at me. Like, here, you take it, you take it, you distribute it. Okay, great, sure, whatever. I like sheep, I'm gonna do it. But one of them was this little card that had um, stain removal stuff on it, like how to remove any stain from wool. And I was like, oh, that's great. But then I'm looking through it, it's all chemical based. I'm like, okay, well, I think we can modify this. So I modified it to, to do like natural care and then made that a lead magnet. And then it ended up doing pretty well. So sometimes it's a matter of thinking about how can people interact with your products in another way or how can they learn more about your products in another way that's more than just saying, hey, here's my knife. Does that make sense? Right, yeah. Yeah. Um, I like that you say that because when you mentioned, you asked me earlier if I've done any ideal client work, I think what I have done is that um, one ideal client is someone who maybe doesn't know how to knit and needs to be taught every step of the way how, like what you said, how to, how to care for it, how to knit, how to make your first garment, your first sock. Those are all things that I would love to teach my audience and my yeah. customers, because I would love to build from the ground up. I mean, I, like, I'm the only one of my friends, my, like my real, like before knitting friends that knit. Yeah. And I, they all follow me on Instagram and they're like, I, I don't know how to knit, but I, I love following your page and I don't know why. And I'm like, well, you can learn how to knit. If I can learn how to knit, you can learn how to knit. And I would love to be able to do that, not just for my friends, but for other people, because it's given me so much. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And I, I love that because, um, and have you, have you ever done any like yarn shows in person? Not as the business. No, okay. I, yeah, I'm, I'm like a COVID business owner. <laughs> oh, that's okay. That's okay. Yeah. I mean, you came in a good time because COVID business mm -hmm. sometimes is a little bit less stressful than in-person business. I'll be honest. But one of the things that I noticed as a yarn dyer at those things that people would come through and maybe they were purchasing for somebody else, like, oh, my daughter-in-law knits or my daughter wants to knit or, you know, uh, my sister is learning how to knit. And the thing is, is they're walking away with something that is like very special and has a story to tell for those mm -hmm. people. So regardless of where they're at in their journey, then that is something that allows you to help them move from that place of, I don't know how to do it to, even if you don't know how to do it, you deserve something that is luxury, something that is natural, something that you know, is locally grown. It speaks to, you know, those sensibilities that you may have, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. Allowing them to have that feeling is going to be something that is so important to them so that they know that it's okay to use something really nice, even when they're new. Cause that's another thing that, you know, my first sweater was garbage Hobby Lobby yarn, you know, and I quickly, realize I wanted to use, you know, kind of some of the fancier yarns, but mm -hmm. it felt like a big expense if I wasn't, if it wasn't going to turn out very well. So I think kind of maybe helping people with some of that stigma could be useful right. too. And I feel like right now, 
this whole conversation, I've taken you from like the end to the beginning and I should have gone the other way around <laughs> starting with <laughs> customer, and then we go to outreach. But I mean, sometimes this is the thing, right? Like we yeah. think about outreach and we talk about growth, but in the, in fact, what we really need to do and what may be beneficial to us is really getting to the heart and the foundations of what we're doing for the people that are there now. And that may naturally then start to lend itself to attracting others. Obviously there are other things that you can do. You can create resources that allow them to sign up for your newsletter. And that may bring new people in. You can ask people to actively share your content. You can do that. It does work. I have tried it and I don't use it without feeling like, okay, this really does need a boost. And I know my people would be happy to do it. But there are some of those things that you can do that leverage what you already have. And then once you're comfortable in your space doing those things and working with those people, then then you might find more comfort slash time slash energy to move to some of those other strategies that we talked about at the beginning of you know, what else might work to kind of expand my circle. Right. Okay. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I feel like it's a lot. How does it, how does it feel to hear all of that? Um, I'm very much a, like, this, this is, this is what you need to do. <laughs> so, to, to talk a little bit more abstractly, like I need to, I need to see myself doing it first until my brain is like, okay. And then this is where we can go from here. Okay. So let's do some of that then so that you actually have something that you can walk away with. Cause I don't, I don't want you to walk away going, oh God, that was just like very airy fairy, which is what one of my clients <laughs> calls everything <laughs> when it's like, woo. Um, all right. So then based off of some of the things that we've talked about already, like where do you feel is the easiest place for you to start going forward after this conversation? What's the easiest thing that you can do that will require the least amount of energy? Let's put it that way. Probably asking my existing customers to share what they've made with my product. I love that. That's perfect. Because the thing is, is that when you ask them to share those things, that means that you care about what they've made. And if you're willing to share their content, that's usually a bit of a dopamine hit, to be honest. Like everybody loves when their content gets shared, no matter how small. But then if you as a business owner are supportive and encouraging of what they've made and of their efforts and all of that, that is only that it's only going to strengthen a relationship. Like, mm -hmm. absolutely. Yeah, for sure. I just had someone today purchased like the very first color that I ever made two years ago. And she is making a sock with this color and 
she was able to capture like the little details in the color that Mm -hmm. I in two years have not been able to get the right lighting for. (laughs) And I was like, oh my gosh, I need everyone to see this because it's part of the the hard part about this industry is that it's so hard to build through a screen because such it's such a tactile is, yeah. thing and there's just some things that you can't convey through a screen right yeah but I think to see other people showing it like in a different light physically but also more rhetorically that um it helps other people imagine it in their hands. Yeah, definitely. Yeah, and, and the other thing too is that it allows you having those images and seeing those images allows you then to kind of use them in your own marketing materials and giving other people ideas because a lot of times when we want to buy from somebody, we want to know that other people bought from them first. So mm-hmm. seeing that kind of um, social proof is really important. Um, and then I would also, the other thing that I would encourage you to do is to keep showing up as yourself, because especially when you said that you felt a little discouraged after the reels, like I really think that that needs to be reinforced. It's like, no, that's a good thing. That's a good thing that that happened, even if there was any form of an exodus as a result. Mm-hmm. So I think that that is super important. So what I, what I would probably encourage going forward as well is just to be very deliberate with what you're posting and trying to figure out why each post is going out and think about what purpose does that serve? Mm-hmm. So is this post that I'm posting right now is that designed to bring new people in and attract new followers, then it will likely, like you'll start to see the types of photos that new people start to come in on and new people start to like, and you can glean from those exactly what content they want to be able to see. So then you can start creating more of that during times, excuse me, when you want to be more magnetizing. And we have those moments, right? Like if you are in a zone where you're really thinking, I need to grow, I have to at this point, otherwise it's not worth it, or I can't make my bills or whatever, then it may take the extra time and the extra effort to start to work on putting out more feelers and making more content that brings people in. So, you know, tips and tricks and tutorials are typically, and reels, you know, and a lot of them are done via reels, those are the primary ways that people come into new spaces and the primary things that draw people in. Um, And then when you work on other things, like maybe having vulnerability at some point or talking about struggles, challenges, being more transparent with your audience behind the scenes, some of those types of things are going to be more for nurturing who is already there. Mm -hmm. Um, and then of course you're going to have things like, Hey, here's my yarn, go get it, which is basically sales. And you also need those things too, because they all work together. You want to be able to salt and pepper the lot of them so that you can have people coming in. You can engage the people that are there and then you can point them to go get your stuff because that's the whole point of it in the end is that, you know, in order to sustain this business 
and to provide this value to others, you do unfortunately have to make money. So. <laughs> I, I mean, if I could do it for free, I would, but right. yeah, I, I recently transitioned to do this business full-time. Mm. So I'm very much in a mindset of I'm going to do this yeah. and I really want this. Yeah. And I, Which I, I think that will get you a long way to be honest, because that kind of attitude really doesn't lend itself to accepting anything less. So that, I mean, that is, that is a positive thing. And, you know, when, when things get kind of stuck or you feel like you're not gaining momentum, the other thing that I would always recommend is pull your audience, ask them what they want, ask them what they want to know, what level, you know, what, like how experienced of a knitter they are. Then you might get an idea of how many people in there really are beginners and need that help. Or, you know, ask them if they already know about X, Y, Z, or ask them if they know the benefits of wool or ask them if they know, you know, any of those things. Right. And it can seem like the simplest, most obvious thing on planet earth. And I guarantee you, even if you've talked about it 900 times, there are going to be people who don't know, you know, (laughs) (laughs) I periodically ask my audience, do you know that I have, you know, tiered payment plans, uh, and like, you know, tiered fee schedules and inevitably somebody says no. And I Mm -hmm. swear, I talk about it all the time. And somebody always, always says no. So there we go. At least somebody knows now. But um, that's kind of, that's the other place that I would go to is I think just overall strengthening your message, yourself, um, and then kind of being purposeful and intentional, especially if you want this as a full-time thing. I think that all of that alone is a recipe for growth, to be honest. Okay. That's reassuring. (laughs) Is that concrete enough? Like, is that enough? Yeah. Like action steps at least to get you moving forward? Yeah, for sure. Okay. Yeah. Is there anything else that like need that, that you were really hoping we would cover and we didn't cover? Um, Not really. I mean, I, I could ask your opinion on like, how often should I be posting or? That's a good question. Feels, would you like me there's to so that? much, I would love you to answer that because there's so much conflicting information and yes. it's hard for me to kind of find this balance between posting um, with intention mm-hmm. and keeping front of mind with my audience. Mm-hmm. Okay. Well, here's what I have to say. I think that if you have an engaged audience and you have people who are regularly interacting with your stuff, then be intentional. Focus on the intention. Don't focus on staying front of mind. Um, You know, as long as you are keeping some form of a consistent schedule, it doesn't matter the frequency. If it's once a week, if it's a couple times a week, if it's every day, if it's every other day, it doesn't matter. Because the the most important thing is that you can do something that's manageable for you. 
and that you're not getting overwhelmed and you're not getting to the point where you feel like you just have to churn out content just because, because that's the Mm -hmm. opposite of intention. Right. So you don't want to regress to that place. Um, Yes, there are lots of things. Oh, this many times a day. I do this. I think that I think you can forego feeling like you have to do X, Y, or Z as long as you stay consistent. And especially because if your audience is engaged, the algorithm, no matter when you show up, is going to show your stuff to the top of their feed. So that's Mm -hmm. kind of the more important thing. It's like less of your frequency, more of the quality of what's coming in. Um, If you really, really, really have worries about staying forefront, just be present in stories because it's so much easier. It takes so much less energy. Sometimes it's just a matter of sharing somebody else's content and you don't even have to really do anything, but you're still providing something to your audience and they still see you being present without necessarily having to put a bunch of your like energy into it. Mm-hmm. Okay. Yeah. I think that was the answer I was hoping for because um, I think ironically, like the less time I spend on Instagram, the better I work mm-hmm. in terms of creativity and inspiration and um, even just time spent. Yeah. yeah, definitely. Definitely. Yeah. So I would say make it work for you, you know, use a schedule that is manageable and, you know, positive for your mental health because otherwise you're not going to be able to run your business the best way that you can. So I think that's, that's essential. Um, okay. Other people out there might say, you know, due to the numbers, do da, 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 but it's, it's not about the numbers. It's not about the numbers. It's about being able to sustain it and being able to go forward, you know, with the best foot forward, I guess, for lack of a better term. Mm-hmm. Right. Okay. So speaking of Instagram, where can people find you online on Instagram and other places? I'm at Sunday Fiber Co. Uh, Fiber is spelled the Canadian way, F-I-B-R-E-C-O. Perfect. And then do you have a website? I do. It's also sundayfiberco.com. As always, you can find access to the show notes for today's episode as well as other episodes of the podcast at my website which is www.anastasiacreates.co and then I will talk to you next week.